Hey, Graphic Audio fans, this is Dwayne Beeman here with this week's Pick of the Week. My pick this week is a first of its kind here at Graphic Audio. It's our very first Graphic Audio original production, and it goes by the name of Playing Gods, Book One, Isolation. The origins of this first original Graphic Audio production goes way back, almost eight years to be specific. One of our original Graphic Audio OGs, sound designer Chris Rowan, came up with this idea that was born from his love of gaming and his love of producing graphic audio. He began fleshing out the concept of this idea by collaborating with a real good friend who would one day end up being his wife, Karen Rowan. Karen is a gifted artist that began illustrating the characters and concepts, while Chris fine-tuned the plot lines and auditory details. When he presented the idea of turning this into a full-fledged graphic audio production, it was a no-brainer. After everything was written down on paper, he handed it over to his pops, director extraordinaire Richard Rowan, to direct. Once the recording was done, it was handed back over to Chris, and he jumped knee-deep back into sound designing. The result is Playing Gods, Book 1, Isolation. Basically, the story is something akin to a video game, which is natural since both Chris and Karen are gamers. Two avatars move from world to world, with the sole purpose of trying to destroy the other. Once an avatar claims victory, they go to another world and do it all over again. However, there is one twist to the story. The avatar, Vilas, is one cold dude who has loved nothing more than to destroy his nemesis and anyone else who just so happened to inhabit that world. On the other hand, our other avatar, Zyra, does have a an heart and cares for the people in the other worlds. In this particular story, Zyra cares for someone just a little bit more, and she goes by the name of Lissa. Man, how are these feelings going to play in Zyra's head when he has to get down and dirty with Vilas? You're going to have to get the book to find out. I gotta say, this is a great production. For someone who has been out of the game for as long as Chris Rowan has, he really did a great job with the soundscapes of this book. Rick, as always, does an excellent job in challenging the graphic audio bullpen to do great work. You can hear this through the performances of Kimberly Gilbert, who plays Lissa. Also, my man David Coyne puts in exceptional work as Vilas. What shocked me the most was the performance that Chris Rowan gave as Zyra. We get other great performances from Bradley Smith, Nanette Savard, Emily McFarlane, and Andy Brownstein, among others. If this production indicates the future of what our line of original graphic audio productions are going to be, then we are in for some great days ahead. But hey, don't take my word for it. Go out and grab Playing God's Isolation today. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of Chris and Karen Rowan's Playing God's Book One, Isolation. Oh, to the hells! Does it ever get any warmer out here? Ah, quit your moping, Corey. The Great Walls of Silreef stood tall, providing protection to its resident scholars and philosophers against the dangers of the wilderness known as the Whites. The two unfortunate souls on watch duty that night had little to watch. Barely any moonlight penetrated the whirling snows, and there was nothing to hear except the wind. <sighs> Corey's pouty face sunk so deep into her fur hood it was almost invisible. She was freezing, despite her robes and heavy overcoat, as she stared bitterly out into the darkness. It's not as if we can see anything. Nothing comes from the whites in the dead of night. 
too cold for anything living. It's happened before. It could happen again. Just sit down and watch. You wanderers should be the ones up here. We scholars should stay with our work. When you get to be as old as I have, you'll start to appreciate these quiet moments when you can get them. Old as you? Ha, the walls of Silreef will crumble and fall before I'm the age of crotchety old Dormunder. Ha! <laughs> crotchety, am I? I'm not the one shivering and moaning about the cold like some spoiled tot. Corey glared at Dormunder, who grinned back. Resigning herself, Corey sat down. I should be deep into my scribing by now. Instead, I'm staring at nothing. Nothing, eh? Yes, nothing. <sighs> How telling that is. The land out there, the snow, the wind, the people and places beyond, all nothing. Well, of course there's land out there. But you don't see it. You don't see a damn thing outside these walls, lass. I am a scholar and a historian. I know what's out there better than most. You do? That's interesting, considering... Did you hear that? Yeah. Sounded like... Shh, shh, shh. Definitely... Something. A massive shadow came charging out of the darkness, stomping and spinning in a crazed frenzy. It was tall as four men, twice as long, and covered in frosted spikes. Corey's eyes widened. It's a worm top! Suddenly, blood erupted from the beast's back in a fountain, spraying high into the air. The creature thrashed in fury and pain. Twice more blood fountained out of the creature as it stamped madly about. It charged forward and slammed into the stone wall surrounding Sylvie. Run, lads! Turn the others! Corey ran for the inner stairs. Dormander regained his footing and moved forward, peering cautiously over the edge and watching as the beast continued to stomp about. Something was seriously wrong with it. More blood came bursting out of the creature. Again and again, it seemed more in pain than anything else. It was slowing down, trying to flee from the invisible attacker that tormented it. By the hells, what, what's wrong with Corey came charging back up the wall, followed by other scholars and wanderers. They were just in time to see the final struggles of the beast. What happened to it? I don't know. It's it's as if it was surrounded by some phantom army. Or... Or what? Another blast of blood erupted from the creature's corpse. Truly bizarre. Some sort of infection? Dormunder! Hey! Corey ran to follow. Once she reached the bottom of the steps, she spotted Dormunder running into the gatehouse. Wait! Dormander kept moving. As Corey ran through the gatehouse doorway, Dormander was already out the other side, running toward the corpse of the creature. He skidded to a halt in front of the beast's mouth. Hello? What in the hells has gotten into you, Dormander? Hello? Yes, in here. Help me, Corey. The beast's head was on its side. Corey and Dormander took either side of the mouth and pulled with all their strength. They barely managed to move the jaws, the giant dagger teeth parting only a few measly inches. Hold on! We will get help! No! 
This will do. Back away from the mouth. Far away. Corey and Dormander looked at each other, then did as instructed. Are you clear? Yes! The beast's huge teeth splintered with each blast, sending bone fragments flying. Soon, there was enough of an opening for a man to slip through. And sure enough, the man did. Corey moved forward to help, but the man waved her off. Uh, I'm fine. Give me a moment. We must get you inside. You need a healer. <laughs> what I need is a bath. And to... Thank you for helping me out of that beast. Did you just slay the worm talk from within? Mind your manners, lass. My apologies. She doesn't get out often. My name is Dormander. This is Corey. I am Zarius. A pleasure. Did you kill the worm talk? Corey! It's all right. Yes, I killed it. How? With this. He held up the metal device in his hand. Is that a cannon? I've never seen one that small. Um, pretty much. I've never seen anything like it. Please, may I study it? No. Uh, I... Corey's expression bordered on outrage. Dormander raised an eyebrow at the man's response, but shrugged it off. No matter. Come inside. We will find you clean clothes and a hot bath. My thanks. Dormander turned. The scholars and wanderers had come down from the wall and were approaching. Dormander addressed them. We have a guest. Please find the servants and have them make preparations for his stay. He's been through quite a lot, as I'm sure you can guess. Now, now, there will be time for that later. Let us not hound him for details right now. I'm sure it will be a sleepless night for many of you. Why don't you occupy yourselves with studying the body? This is a rare opportunity our guest has given us. We shouldn't waste it. The scholars didn't need any convincing. They all but ran out to the corpse. A few wanderers followed, and the others turned and began moving back to their rooms. Dormander and Corey led Zarius back inside the outer walls and toward the sleeping quarters. Quite a complex you have here. Is this the fortress of scholars that I've been told of? This is Sillarif, northernmost of the great libraries. We record and house the knowledge of the Whites and share it with the other libraries. Our wanderers explore the mysteries of the Whites bring back their findings to Sillery, and our scholars decipher the mysteries with our shared knowledge. Then we record the answers. There's more to be found in a great library than anywhere else. Zarius didn't respond. Dormander glanced over his shoulder. The strange man was still following him. Shrugging mentally, Dormander moved on, leaning in towards Corey. Nothing comes from the whites, eh? <laughs> be quiet, old man. <laughs> Spoiled tot. If you enjoyed listening to the clip of Playing God's Book One, Isolation, you can purchase this title right here on our website, www.graphicaudio.net. The book can be purchased in all available download formats. MP3, M4B, and FLAC. You can also grab it in audio CD format. And you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere with our free Graphic Audio Access app, available for Apple and Android devices. Also, if you want to get the full story of how the concept of playing gods came to be, 
Check out the All In Your Mind podcast with Chris and Karen Rowan that dropped this weekend. So take a listen to that. Be back next week as I'll have another pick of the week for you. Until then, peace. Peace.